week of this series we've been in. Hi, I've missed you. <laughs> Don't worry, Colette, I won't point you out. Oh, darn, sorry. Week six, the final week of the Red Letter Living series we've been going through. Uh, through this whole six weeks, like Pastor Denny mentioned, in your bulletins, we, we've um, stuck that card in there so that that will help you not just take notes, but at the bottom we put that application question in there to apply at least one truth each week from the message and start applying it and walking that word out so that you're not just sitting and hearing the word and walking away from it, but you're actually starting to live and do the word. Um, and that's what this whole series is about, that there should be a connection between what we say we believe and what we actually do, right? That we're living out the actual letters of Jesus. So allow me real quickly, look at the time here. It's already 5 to 11. Wow. Okay. Um, allow me to just do a little snapshot of these last few weeks um, to help you get caught up. But if you haven't listened to any of these messages or you missed one, they're on our podcast. They're online um, at cornerstonebeulah.com or you can look us up on the podcast. But the first week we discovered that motives matter. And that's where we talked about we uh looked up the scriptures where God doesn't just look at what we do. He weighs and he judges our hearts. And actually in Proverbs says, you know, his Brenda translation, I don't care what you do. God's saying, I'm going to look at your heart and then I'll know the truth. Yes, you're supposed to do all the right things, but let's see how you did the right things. And that's what matters. See, we justify that we're not we justify our sin by stating, well, God knows my heart. And then we justify the things that we don't want to do that Jesus has commanded us to do. Well, because God knows my heart. And then in this week, we discovered that <laughs> both are equally deserving of judgment because, well, <laughs> God knows your heart. The second week we jumped into murder in the first was the title. And we pled the case for our guilty heart. We learn that if you're at the altar and you remember there that your brother has something against you, that it's your responsibility to go and make it right with him, even if you think you're not at fault. The third week, we looked at God's love covenant. We dove into adultery and divorce, and we understood through that message that divorce and adultery is not just physical but it's also spiritual, that you can commit adultery against your relationship with God. Adultery is simply a betrayal of devotion. It's giving your love, your attention to someone other than your spouse. Replacing your love and devotion to God with something or someone else is spiritual adultery. In week four, we talked about walking the talk. We looked at two main points. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. And we've all become a victim of that. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Do you want to go do this with me? I don't know. Right? 
I don't know. Do you want to? I don't know. Are you? No, I don't know. Jesus warned that let your yes be yes and your no be no because it's in those confusions and in those uncertainty areas in our life that's the devil's playground. He said stay away from it. We also learned to keep your oath that you made to the Lord. When you committed your life to God, asking God's forgiveness for Jesus to be your Savior, you also asked him to be the Lord of your life. You made a covenant agreement with God. God fulfilled his part of the contract. The question is, have you been fulfilling your part? If you haven't been fulfilling your part of the covenant, the agreement, your agreement is null and void. And last week we covered our responsibility titled our love commitment. In these red letter passages, Jesus warned us to not resist an evil person, and to love your enemy. We think we're doing the honorable thing when we just walk away from that quote-unquote wicked one. But think about it this way. If you withhold love, are you not just as evil? In order to love your enemy, you first have to determine not to resist them. How can you love them if you walk away from them? And how do we love them? He said, go the extra mile because it's in the extra mile that victory is won. It's in the extra mile that love conquers evil. It's not in that first one. Today we're going to be looking at the last of these red letter living uh, scriptures. We've been going through Matthew 5, 6, 7. And today's title is called Constructing Character. Constructing Character. So turn with me in your Bible. Uh, before we jump into Matthew chapter 6 and continue where we've been reading, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 7. I want to show you that Jesus here gives us the blueprint for living these red letters by building a solid foundation First, if you're in construction, if you've done anything, if you build a house, you know that they can't start putting up the walls until they lay the foundation. So let's read chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 24. Therefore, everyone, wait a minute. Ah, therefore, the word therefore, when you circle that in your Bible or highlight it, it's telling you because of what I just said, so what do we need to do? Back up. What did he just say? Well, in verse 21 through 23, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, he's talking about true disciples and false disciples. 
There's false disciples that are going to be right amongst us that are doing all the what they think are the right things. He said, I've prophesied in your name. I've cast out. I've performed miracles. And Jesus said, I never knew you. But what did he say? But only he who does the will of my father. It's not enough to just say all the right things, to look the right way, to come into church, to sit down week after week. Him who does the will of my Father. And then we go on. Therefore, now that you know that, the difference between true disciples and false disciples. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a loud crash. Constructing character is building the foundation on which our entire life as a true disciple is built. The key ingredient in living as a true disciple is this character, building this character, and that was the word that was given to us this morning in the pre-service prayer. Same thing. God says you can build all you want. You can keep building beautiful buildings, but this is the building you need to work on first. Build character, constructing character. And she had no idea what the message was today when God gave her that message. Character determines the revelation of God to the individual. The Beatitudes, the pure in heart, see God. The pure in heart, see God. Did anyone notice throughout this series that we've kind of skipped over? The most important, the first red letters that Jesus gave on jumping into Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Did you kind of notice that? Well, here's a little commercial. We're going to jump into that in the birds and the bees. So stay tuned. The birds and the bees. We'll be tackling these important principles for living. So anyway, so today, how do we construct character? Well, let's look here. So flip back, Matthew chapter 6. Continuing on, again, we have went through Matthew 5, starting with thir verse 13. We went all the way through last week, like I told you, an eye for an eye and love your enemies. Now we're looking right here at chapter 6. And we'll reveal, God reveals to us in this scripture that we're going to read, three parts to constructing character. Three parts to constructing character. Giving, praying, fasting. And they all must be done in secret for character to be built. Has anyone ever mixed cement before? Contract guys, that's right. Braden, I'm putting you on the spot, buddy. There's, there's three parts to concrete. 
What are the parts? One part, cement. Two parts, sand. And three parts, gravel. Come on, you're, you're, you're close. You learn this in science in fifth grade, right? Oh, he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Six parts water. There has to be the six parts of water, and they actually, I mean, in science class, they made that little dot. One part, two parts, three parts, you add them up, that's how much water. Just like this, the three parts have to be covered in secret. Like water covering the cement, the sand, the gravel. It has to be covered in secret for character to be built. Otherwise, you can do those things. But who are you doing those things for? Giving, praying, fasting. They have to be covered in secret. The Full Life Bible study states acceptable deeds become less attractive, even repulsive, when impure motives are behind them. Prayer, giving to the poor, and fasting are activities encouraged throughout the Bible, but Jesus underscores that God will not reward those who do them for selfish reasons. They have to be covered in secret for character to be built. So the first one, let's dive right in here. Verse 1. Be very careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, when, not if, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward in full. But when, not if, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that, you like those words, right? So that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will... Reward you. Are all these little key words popping out to you now? Not just because I'm emphasizing them with my tone, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to. So look at this. Key words. When, so that, then, and will. When, not if. When, not if. It's not an option. It's not a smorgasbord. It's not a buffet for you to pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Otherwise, back up there before the therefore and see who is the true disciple and who's the false disciple. Those that do put into practice when, not if, so that, here's the result, so that your giving may be in secret. So that, so when you give, so that it will be done in secret, then... And this reminds you there were conditions. There's conditions. Then your father who sees what is given in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will, will, there's your reward, will 
God's promise to you will reward you. The don'ts. Don't announce it with trumpets. I thought this was so interesting. Did you know in temple days that they would watch people's giving and if there was a large giving, they would actually blow a trumpet? So-and-so just gave cha-ching, cha-ching, right? They would actually blow trumpets to announce you gave a large gift. Yeah, Jesus was drawing on this vivid piece of irony. In our day, the same metaphor is used, isn't it? You've heard your grandma say, don't toot your own horn. Dun, 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 dun. Look at me. Dun, 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 dun. Come on. The other don't. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, this is a hyperbole. This is an extremely exaggerated statement that Jesus is making here. Have you ever been able to do anything your left hand did not know that your right hand was doing? <gasps> don't look. Don't look. Actually, that reminds me, Isaiah, when he, my oldest boy, son, when he was in preschool, he came home, he always comes home. Don't they always come home with these songs? I love these little songs. I mean, they just stick in your head. How old is he? He's almost 30, isn't he? 28. If he's listening, Isaiah, you've got to be close to 30. And he came home with a song about his hands, about his fingers. And he would, um, let me see if I can remember this. Where is Pointer? Where is Pointer? Here I am, here I am. How are you today, sir? Very fine, I thank you. Run and play, run and play. Come on, you've heard that. Have you heard that? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Problem is, he would sing that all the time in the back seat in his little car seat, and I was flying down the, I mean, driving down the highway one day, and this car beat as they're pulling by me and gave me one of those like that. And I'm like, what? And I looked in the rearview mirror. Isaiah wasn't singing pointer. He was singing tall man. Here is tall man. Here is tall man. And these people are like, oh, my little guy's back there flying the bird. Like, so we came up with a saying, tall man never stands alone never stands alone. Okay, I don't know where I was going that. But is there anything you can ever do that you're, with your left hand that your right hand doesn't know? No, it's a hyperbole. It's an extremely exaggerated statement. He was trying to tell you, I don't want you to announce to anyone, don't pretend it's a testimony by telling people. <laughs> huh? Yes. So don't let your left hand know what your right hand is saying. The first part of constructing character, giving. And not if, when. And don't toot your own horn. The second part of constructing character, praying. Praying. Let's look at this together. Verse 5, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when, again, when, not if, you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when, three times with this one, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. When, 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 not if, when you pray, when you pray. Then reminds us there was conditions. When you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. Then your father will see what is done in secret and he will, there's the promise, will reward you. The don'ts, don't be like the hypocrites. All three of these, he warns us, don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites only do things for man's recognition. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. Remember him saying that? You whitewashed tombs. You think you're all white and holy on the, in on the outside, but on the inside you're full of death. See, they thought they were doing all the right things, but inside they weren't doing the right things for the right reasons. Motives matter. Heart matters. And he said, don't, don't be like the pagans. Pagans were worshipers of false gods. The priests of Baal continued from morning to noon, crying, oh, Baal, answer us, answer us. See, prayers were only formulas to recite. And the more you recited them would show men how religious you were. They would walk around outside in the streets praying loudly so men could see, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, all the time, babbling on and on and on and on. And he said, don't be like them. Hypocrites. Do in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. The second part to constructing character is praying. Again, not if, but when. And don't pray for men to pat you on the back or the pat is all you'll get back. That's all you want. That's all you'll get. The third part to constructing character is fasting. Yay! No, we usually go, oh. Don't we? I have to admit, this is probably the most contentious uh, whatever thing that Christians are commanded to do, fasting. More people defend why they can't fast than anything else. Oh, well, I'll give up um, my Facebook for uh, a whole week. Oh, and then I'll, uh, but I'll make the I'll post on there. Don't try to get a hold of me. Save all your information because for a week I'm going to be without Facebook because I'm fasting. Good for you. There. Now, fasting is a form of, of um, crucifying flesh. Putting flesh down so we can draw near to God. 
putting flesh down. And I can almost guarantee you, you talk to your doctor and ask him what food you could give up because you want to fast. And he'll come up with a few you could give up and still stick with your medical condition or whatever it is that you reason. There are always some things. So instead of when you start to hear fasting, you're like, well, I can't. Why don't you start looking for some Ken's? Anyway, that was, anyway. Let me just, the, the devil will give you excuses if you want them. He's got a plethora of them. It's like pull him out of his vat of hell. Here, a whole bunch of them. You want an excuse not to do something God's commanded you to do? Satan will give you an excuse. I, I don't, just, again, sorry. I don't like excuses. I hate giving, really despise giving excuses. I do, because I know how, anyway, empty they can be, even when they're really good ones. When I feel like I can't do something and I have an excuse to justify it, try to say that out loud as if you were standing in front of the judgment seat of God. I know you commanded me to fast, but I like food. Uh, I know you commanded me to fast, but what? I know you commanded me to pray, but, you know, try to say some of those excuses like you were standing before God. And because you will. For all men will stand before God and have to give an account. All men. All men. Anyway, that was free. Um, wasn't very nice, but it was free. Matthew 6. So the third part to constructing character is fasting. Matthew 6, looking at 16. When you fast, when, not if, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. There it is. Three times he's telling us, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. And by the way, don't try to just get away with doing it like the hypocrites do. And out there for everybody to see, because if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. Everybody saw it. Woohoo. Yay for you. Right? When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. They would actually walk around with their sucking in their cheeks to add an old, old Oh, I can see you're fasting today. Oh, how did you know? Sorry. Uh, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when, not if, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And, some translations there say, then, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, key words, when, so that, then, will. They're all there. When, not if, so that. Here's the result. What do you want? So that nobody will know that you're fasting but God. So it will be done in secret. And, or then, 
Here it comes. There was conditions. You do this. Then God will reward you. Will reward you. The don'ts. <laughs> Don't look somber as the hypocrite. To look somber was to look sad and full of gloom. Mm. No cupcake for me today. Some devout religious people would fast on a regular basis. So they would actually announce, we're going to fast on this day and this day and every week and this is what we were going to do. So they wouldn't even really have to look. They'd go, oh, it's Tuesday. You're fasting, aren't you? Oh, how did you know? Anyway, the ritualistic fast provided marvelous opportunities for outward religious showmanship to gain a reputation as being holy. These hypocrites were purposely drawing attention to themselves. They wanted applause from men as a reward, and Jesus reminds them again, that's all they got. I'm sorry, but I don't know if you've noticed my side. I like food. I like sweets. So if I'm going to fast, not if, when I fast... And go without the things I really like. I don't want men's reward. Because I, I do love you. But I really don't care what you think. <laughs> I care what God thinks. And I'm not going to go without something I really like for you, Karen. Jessica, sorry. I love you, but don't really care what you think. So I want to do it right. Because if I'm going to do if I'm going to go without something I really like, I want God's approval, not men's. When you fast, seek God's approval, not man's. So don't walk around looking for looking somber. And then he said, do, do, put oil on your head and wash your face. Did you know that this was not a religious act that they were doing? This was the same as us today saying, take a shower and put deodorant on, man. Go out and be friendly, be happy, enjoy your day. That's what that meant. Wash your face and put oil on your head. Be happy. Be happy. Oh, sorry. No, that's a different song. I'm not singing again. It was to signify preparation to enjoy the day. You should be happy when you're fasting. Your spirit should be joyful when your flesh is being crucified. Because you're drawing near to God. And in James, if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. How joyful should you be? So take a shower, man. Throw some deodorant on when you're fasting. Go enjoy the day because you're walking throughout the day getting closer to God. So the third part to constructing character is fasting. Again, not if. But when and go about enjoying your day with God. So allow me to summarize as I close in closing. So allow me to summarize these red letter livings, this whole series, by using the key words that I've taught you, right, to look for when reading. Open up or turn over here to chapter five. Let's right. We started right at verse 13. So let me summarize here. 
Now that, when we see those words, it's because. Now that, because you have committed yourselves to be in the soul in the light of the world, therefore, conditions, want these results, do this. If you want to be called, the next part up here, whoever practices and teaches these commandments will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, want these results, do this. If you want to be called great in the kingdom of heaven, practice and teach these commandments that we went through. Resolve issues with your brothers quickly. Don't betray your devotion to God. Do what you say you believe. Fulfill the terms of God's love covenant with you or your agreement will be null and void. Go the extra mile to love your enemies. Give in secret. Pray in secret. Fast in secret. So that, here's the results. Look with me. So that we will have the following. We'll be building treasures in heaven. We'll not worry. We'll not judge others. We'll ask and it will be given to us. We'll seek and we will find. We'll knock and the door will be open to us. We will enter through the narrow gate to life. We will be discerning. And we will be doing God's will. Then God will be the rock on which our house is built. Our solid foundation that no rain, no flood, no wind, no storm can cause us to fall. That's red letter living. Constructing character is building on the rock. Building the foundation on which our entire life as a true disciple is being built upon God. It's in secret that character is built. Oswald Chambers says we are only what we are in secret. All the rest is vain reputation. What God looks at is what we are in secret. The imaginations of our minds, the thoughts of our heart, the habits moving our bodies. These are the things that mark us in God's sight. See, we can fool each other. But you can't fool God. And he says, and that's what I'll judge you by. Over these last six weeks, I pray that you've discovered truths that you'll begin to walk out in your life. Apply to your life. Be marked as a true disciple of Christ. I don't want you to leave today without making a commitment to God to live, to follow the red letter commands of Jesus. From now on, if you messed up before, ask him to forgive you. You will mess up again, trust me. Be quick to ask him, forgive me, God. Walked away when my brother just blew up at me, and I, I know you told me to not resist him. I can't show him love if I just walk away. Forgive me. Go back to him. Apply the words. John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. No question. If you don't keep my commandments, don't say you love me. Today is Palm Sunday. 
the day when tons of so-called Jesus followers was praising his name and welcoming him as their long-awaited king as they entered Jerusalem. Yet Jesus knew in their hearts that this would be the same crowd that would be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. If you remember nothing else through this series, remember Jesus' warning to us. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. If you think you can do all the right things and not do the really bad things and somehow be able to make it into heaven, you're sorely mistaken. There's not some big weight uh, up there that, you know, this whole... uh, can't even think of what the word is called anyway where you know you get to weigh your good all the good things you've done against all the bad things you've done scales thank you it's not like that in Romans it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God if you could make it to heaven on your own good merit then why did Jesus have to die And if you claim to love God, then you have to do what he commands. But you know what's comforting is that he didn't leave us to try to live this holy life alone. Remember Jesus said it. He said, don't worry. It's better for you if I go back to my father. Because when I get back to my father, I'm going to send you somebody who's going to be not just your partner, your comforter, your guide, your teacher with you, ever-present, strong spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now dwells in you, the believer. And he said, because of that power, I've given you everything you need to live a godly life. Because of the power he gives us, in us, the Holy Spirit in us, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not by might, not by physical power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. So these red letter livings is not another checkbox for you to mark off. What did I do today? What did I complete today? That's not what I'm trying to communicate. It's what can God do through you today? See, it's got to come in you to be able to go through you. And now you're living God's word, not just doing God's word. He's called us to be, be his disciples. And that's what the Holy Spirit gives us, the power to be his witnesses. Not because of all the good things I do and I walk around and with my face soaking in and I look so holy. No, it's because of the power of Jesus Christ in me that I can be so as we close today if you could just stand up right where no wait a minute stay seated stay seated because I I want you to focus so just close your eyes and I want you to search your heart because that's what we're talking about today whether you're a Christian for a hundred years or just new Christian or maybe you're still sitting in here and you don't know why you came in even to the church today You don't have a relationship with the Lord. 
or you've broken. Maybe when I talked about the spiritual adultery and the spiritual divorce, you know you've broken that relationship with God. Search your heart today. God, is my heart right with you today? Have I just been going through the motions of a good Christian and really my motives are wrong? My heart is wrong. I've been selfish in the things I've done. I've done them for the applause of men instead of for you. I want you to just think about that. And I want you, if you're a Christian and you're searching your heart and you feel Holy Spirit is bringing things to your memory right now, pointing things out in your life, repent of them. Ask God to forgive you. Forgive me for that, God. Forgive me for that. And I want you to just take time right now in your seat to just make things right with God right now. And let me talk to the one with a, who doesn't even have a relationship with God or you've broken your relationship with God. I mentioned Romans that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans goes on to say the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're ready to accept this free gift, erasing your sin and giving you an everlasting home with God, I'm asking you right now to just raise your hand so I can see it. I want to pray with you today. You're ready to begin or renew that relationship with God. I want to pray for you. I see your hands. Today's your day. Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. God, I've been living selfishly, but I'm ready to give my life. Here's the reins to my life again. God, I'm sorry I keep pulling them out of your hand. I want to give them back to you today. Today's your day. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. feel like you're moving on somebody's heart, some people's hearts. And I don't want to be too quick and move forward. We just want to wait on God right now. Let the Holy Spirit do His work. He's speaking to some. raised your hand would you just come up front here and the altar team's going to come with you come on altar team start coming up if you didn't raise your hand and you realize you're not going to miss this opportunity come on up front we'll pray for you come on up there's a lot of things that God asked us to do in secret but one thing he told us not to do in secret was accept him 
He said, if you're embarrassed of me before men, I'll be embarrassed of you before my father. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? So while they're praying, while we close out this service, and I pray if you realize that you need to be up here, can I just have everybody stand? Let me pray over you. But if you realize that you needed to be up here, it's while we ask other people. If you have prayer, you want prayer for anything, physical sickness, emotional, remember healing. Jesus healed all. It was a sozo healing. A sozo healing means a spiritual healing, a physical healing, and an emotional healing all at once. If you need a healing of any kind today, the altar team is ready to pray with you. But if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today, you can come up front as well too. So Father, right now as I close, God, we just give you, Lord, our entire life. God, forgive us for times that we've held back the reins to our life and we've tried to do things on our own. Forgive us, God. Be quick to correct us, Holy Spirit, to remember that you're not just the Savior of our life. We committed for you to be the Lord of our life. And we give those reins of our life, control of our life, back to you, God. Don't let us take them out of your hands again. Lead us, direct us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us to be true disciples, to be your witnesses, not in our own strength, but in the power of your Holy Spirit living through us. Be all, be all and all in us. In Jesus' name, thank you. And if you need prayer, come on up. Don't leave today without getting prayed for. Thank you, thank you, thank you.